We've gone six episodes in, and uh, we're getting now to the kind of third main character. It's fair to say that from this point on, God's going to get involved, but... God does get involved. It's because I've still got in my head from the last episode Mm. how God was like, hey, call me if you need me. Yeah. But now... I'm checking out of this, you guys do what you want, but now... Maybe not quite yet, but... God's warming up. Oh yeah, God God, God can't stay away for very long. God's stretching on the sidelines. Just when he thought he was out, they pull him back in. So, uh, just explain to me, this is Genesis 12, yeah. what happened at the end of episode 5, which was Genesis, Genesis uh, 11? So basically, there was the Tower of Babel, Yeah. and, there was, ba- and then the there was just a lot of descriptions of the descendants of Noah, ultimately leading to a- Abram, and or Abram and Sarai. So Sarai being Abram's wife. So now, as far as the world scene is concerned, people yeah. are now spread out. Yeah. They speak in different languages. Yes. And uh, as a result of Noah, who was kind of like, sort of like the first man on earth again yeah. after the, the, the flood in the yeah. ark. Da, da, da. Genesis 10 was a list of all of his descendants, which ends up in, uh, when left with Abram. Yeah. A-B-R-A-M at this yes. point, Abram. Uh, and his wife, Sarai. Yeah. Cool. And they were on the way to Canaan, which we said is kind of like Israel, Palestine now. Mm. And, but they stopped in a place called Haran. Yes. Okay. Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Ooh. I will make you of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So, to be clear, up until this point, no one's made, like, Abram, he's not like, you know, he's not a celebrity or anything. No, he's just a dude. He's just a dude. He's related loosely to Noah. Yeah, because everyone is. Because everyone is, because they're alive. And God's kind of said to him, hey, Big man, um, you listen. I know that your wife can't have children, mm. but you're my man. You're my boy, um, and you need to leave this place because yeah. I've got a special place for you. I've got a plan in mind for you. I'm getting involved again. <laughs> yeah, I've just I've been. Uh, I know I've been sitting on the sidelines for a while, but I'm back in the game. And do you know what? Will the fallout of this action will be? Well, every single conflict in the Middle East since mm. then. Because, mm. because of the... Um, uh, we'll find out. Let's not jump the gun. Okay. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot, who we remember from last time as Abram's nephew... His nephew, yeah. Uh, ...went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. Interesting. Um, I think... Uh, Going back, is that is that the slaves? I guess that's the slaves. Yeah. 
Uh, they're all quirky so that bit. They don't really... And this all stems from Noah getting pissed in the tent. Yeah, the yeah. slaves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the Oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. So, Canaanites live in yep. the land. Shechem is the, in modern day um, Israel, Palestine, Shechem is the biblical, it's the Hebrew term for Nablus in the West Bank. Ah, well that is um, very interesting. Which is also the uh, home of the best kanafe in the world. Wow. For anyone who hasn't had kanafe, it's uh, to sort of two bits of uh, pastry, either like uh, stringy pastry or semolina with some cheese, sheep's cheese in the middle, covered in syrup, and it's the it's the best thing. Which is proof that not everything that's bad for you is bad for you. True. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, "To your offspring I will give this land." So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel, or Beit El, I guess, and pitched his tent. No, nope. and that's not a euphemism. Like, he, no, he, 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 there was a tent. And he, he put the tent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Bethel on the west and A on the east. AI, that's, AI, what, that's yeah. how it's written. I don't know. Um, and there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. So he builds an altar and he just goes, God? Uh, God? God, God? You still there? God, God. I'm 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 here. I made it. Because you told me to leave. He told me to, he said, come. And so God? Anything? Anything? God? And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. A.K.A. the desert. Desert. In the south of Israel, south of Israel. Yeah. Wow, okay. Abram and Sarai in Egypt. Now there was a famine in the land. Oh no, famine. So Abram went down to Egypt to reside there as an alien. For the famine was severe in the land. So Abram um, is actually kind of a refugee because of the, he's a, based because of the famine he's had to flee um, for, in order to eat, basically. Poor guy. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know well that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Oh, very perceptive. Yeah, that's quite an intricate plan that he has assumed is about to happen just before they enter Egypt. Say you are my sister, so that may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared on your account. So if you lie and say that we're not married, you're married, yeah. chances are we'll get through this. We'll both be fine. Uh, because this is a cowardly act. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just like, look, I know what's going to happen. They're going to they're gonna want you and they're going to kill me. And I don't, I don't particularly want to but, but defend anyone's honour here. I just want to get through this. And so. God, God, God needs me. God, so, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, our son. He's going to get a thing. You know? But 
Um, also, that he's assuming that Egyptians have got a fantasy about uh, married women. Yeah, it's all a bit weird. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, she's she, she, she's, she's single. Ma- she's, oh, we're not interested, man. No, no, no. But she's married. Ah, ha, ha, ha. I see someone we can kill. off his head. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Okay, so... At least he's, at least he's right. Yeah. You know? When the officials of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to the Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female slaves. Mm-hmm. Female donkeys and camels. I, I, this is where the Bible confused me. If I were to go wander into a new country, especially yeah. as a refugee of, of a famine in yeah. the land I've come from, how have I ended up in the king's house straight away? Right, immediately. The, or, Surely it just needs one list. person to see Sarai and be like, she is well fit. She might be in her 70s. Yeah. Although we don't know that. We don't know that. Yeah. But, but we um, know that he is. Yeah. And tell the king That's that there is, an, there is one single... You are king of this entire land. You can basically do whatever you like. But just so you're aware, an attractive woman is just... There's an attractive, in. older... Man, and potentially, well... Older woman who's yeah, just walked in. Who's with her brother. With her, her brother. Yeah. Says he's a brother. Mm. And the king is just like, well, okay, I'm going to give her brother a lot of animals and also some, some human slaves. Yeah, male and uh, female. Male and female. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and be gone. And Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning him and they set him on the way with his wife and all that he had. So Abram sold his wife to Pharaoh. His wife, Sarai, has no choice in the matter. She's sold to Pharaoh. Pharaoh then acts married with Sarai. Yeah. Right? His expectation levels have been set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, once he begins the being married to Sarai bit, God's like, hang on a minute. Hang on. This this is escalated. You don't belong to him. You belong to him. Um, And Strike puts a bunch of uh, striking down and plagues and stuff. And Pharaoh's again a very powerful man he's pissed off just he's pissed off he's been lied to he's been murked yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be pissed um, off too and he's like look just get out of my sight just go away yeah, that's quite a calm response actually yeah because like he could have just killed him yeah he's I, the pharaoh think of all the bother that the world wouldn't have had if he'd have just killed Abraham at that point true Okay, so that's Genesis 13. That is the end of the chapter. Move, 12. Oh, sorry, 12. Sorry, that's the end of episode Genesis 12. Yeah. End of uh, Genesis 12, moving into 13. Abram and Lot separate. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negev. So he's gone through Sinai. Yeah, he's been in Egypt. He's had the whole little incident where he pretended his wife was his sister and yeah. sold her to the pharaoh, and then the pharaoh got struck by a bunch of plagues by God, mm. and so then uh, now he's kicked back. Him out. Um, and now Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. He did do well out of the pharaoh business. 
He journeyed on by stages from the Negev as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, to the place where he had made an altar at first, and where Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. So the land could not support both of them, for their possessions were so great they could not live together. And there was strife between the herders of Abram's livestock and the herders of Lot's. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites lived in the land. Okay. So we've got another people who've just appeared out of nowhere. Perizzites. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, between your herders and my herders, for we are kindred. Is not the whole land before you separate yourself from me? If you take the left hand, I will go to the right. If you take the right hand, I will go to the left. Lot looked about him and saw that the plain of the Jordan was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled amongst the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked. Great sinners against the Lord. Okay. So, Abraham, it's a very mature approach. Listen, let's be honest yeah. here. The, this place is big enough for the it's both It's not of us. working, but we can... You go that way. Well. You can go your own way. Yeah. Like Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. You take that side, I'll take that side. What he was trying to say is, listen, you go east, and I'll make sure that the beach is totally fine. Yeah. I'll keep the beach side. I'll keep, you see all the, the, the beach and the, these nice hills. Mine. Yeah. Fine. Stick some hotels on them. Probably some nice vineyards. Probably claim that land. Yeah. Good. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated, Raise your eyes now and look from the place you are, northward, southward, eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. Oh my God, it sounds like the Lion King. (laughs) I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Rise up, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. I don't want to jump the gun, mm. but I'm going to jump the gun. Jump the gun. Topical that we also live in this country now. Yeah. But is this the basis on which Jewish people, obviously no one's Jewish yet, but no. as we will find out, this is kind of where it comes from. That the land was promised. Right. This is the this is kind of the justification of not just you know not just the initial like oh the land was promised but it's also the idea that all of the land was promised. It's kind of this is one of the points at which you get um, the more kind of religious Zionist approach of the whole biblical land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people. We can't. We therefore need to have sovereignty and power over all of it we need to live in all of it including the West Bank and it's backed up by the, the sort of statement of saying if you can see it it's yours right that's what exactly. it's kind of said as well so um, obviously that's going to conjure some some troubles further down the line yeah um, I mean this is where you know this is where this is where we get to the it's all fun and games to read the Bible because the Bible's nuts but it does also have very real world ramifications yeah which is why people this is all relevant because yeah. it plays out, it still plays out today, right? And it's also you know, but the the places that we've heard so far in Canaan, where Abram is, are Nablus and Hebron, 
both of which are in the West Bank, and today are major Palestinian cities in the West well, Bank. Well, do you know where Sodom is now? Um, I don't know, but it sounded to me like it meant Jordan, because he said, like, the plain. But I, I don't know. Wow. Which pretty much kind of that summarises Genesis 32. So this is the last chapter. Uh... Okay, so what have we got in store for today's um, special feature? So today we're looking at a an interesting place, uh, a story that uh, you might have actually heard about um, because I think it's been in the news a little bit. It's something called Ark Encounter. Wow, and this is in particularly uh, in particular, this is a reference to us because we covered this two episodes ago. Yeah, um, and and so a listener put us onto this. I'll, I'm just going to read from Ark Encounter's own website so that you can get a, a feel for what it is about the Ark. Ark Encounter features a full size. Noah's Ark. You heard that right. Built according to the dimensions given in the Bible. Which we covered. Spanning 510 feet long, 85 feet wide, and 51 feet high. Wow. This modern engineering marvel amazes visitors young and old. Ark Encounter is situated in beautiful Grant County in Williamstown, Kentucky, halfway between Cincinnati and Lexington, and right off Interstate 75. Well, what uh, an appropriate place to put such a thing. I know. When I hear Noah's Ark, I think Kentucky. Yep, yep. Um, it's got a picture, the website, quite an impressive... Uh, that is photography. digitally <laughs> It looks like this is the end of the world happening above it. It's got it. this incredible sky, sunset thing that I... Do you get skies like that in Kentucky? I mean, maybe it's possible, but... I, I think there might be I don't know maybe the maybe it's maybe it's purely real and not touched up at all so, so this ark which is supposedly made in the image of what is described yeah. in the bible it looks like a football stadium it does look like a football stadium it looks like a a big wooden football stadium it looks very sleek actually yeah okay um, have you ever wondered the website asks how big was Noah's ark how did Noah fit all the animals? How did Noah feed and care for all now, the that's, animals? That was what I was thinking. How yeah. did Noah build the ark? We built the full-size Noah's ark to answer these questions and more. <laughs> As you enter Noah's world aboard the massive ark, you'll tour three decks filled with scores of world-class exhibit bays. These stunning exhibits allow you to experience what Noah's life may have been like. I mean, this is really impressive. It's really impressive. Until you unveil something that's going to be unimpressive about it. It looks absolutely incredible. And in fact, it looks in my mind what the Ark would have looked like. Yeah, I mean... But look, bigger, bigger. It, is, it is built... It seems to have been built kind of on stilts. Yeah. It's um, next to some water. Right, which may or may not be a man-made lake. It's yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. Um... But so as it turns out, um, the Ark Encounter hasn't been doing quite as well as its uh, its owner creator, a man uh, perhaps appropriately named Ken Ham, 
has hoped. Oh my god. Um, so, where, 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 what's it, this it from? Open between this is, so we're now in, on vice.com, um, and this article is called uh, This $100 million Noah's Ark theme park is a boring homophobic mess. Um, well, that's a pretty dumbing statement. Which is a pretty, pretty. Because uh, if you're going to be a homophobic mess, don't be a boring one. No, um, at least be entertaining. Yeah. And so, so it cost a hundred million dollars to build this ark. Wow, is what they're claiming, according to the Louisville Courier Journal. Around eight hundred and sixty thousand tickets were sold for the ark between July twenty seventeen and June two thousand eighteen which falls pretty far short of the 2 million in annual ticket sales predicted by Ken Ham, the ARC's creator. Oh no, Ken. Ken, got it wrong. You have severely fucked up. Oh my God, that's less than Um, half. And so it it then links to Ken is uh, worried uh, about about this and he's he's been blaming some people. Okay, well, I've just done the maths in my head. That's a 43%. You're right. Um, occupation. Compared to uh, predicted. Yeah, of his target. Yeah. That's a shame. That is a shame, especially if you've put $100 million Yeah, whose this. money was it? Um, so, according to the Gospel Herald, yeah. uh, this was in June 2017, so just when it was opening, I think. Ken Ham says atheist attacks on Ark Encounter prove ministry is effective. It's a spiritual battle. So basically, he's worried that the uh, the atheists are preventing his Ark from really uh, achieving its aims. So this is from Raw Story. The organization behind a taxpayer subsidized taxpayer subsidized oh, now we're talking. replica of Noah's Ark in Kentucky is blaming atheists for taxpayers getting fleeced by the project. Creationist Ken Ham built the $92 million Ark Encounter project in Williamstown, Kentucky. The dismal failure, quote unquote, of the project has backers lashing out at intolerant atheists. <laughs> For mocking the return on ta- on investment taxpayers have received. Um, so Ken Han, president of an organization called Answers in Genesis. Wow, they should work with us. They should work with yeah. us. Yeah. Sadly, they are influencing business, the atheists that is, are influencing business inventor, investors and others in such a negative way that they may prevent Grant County, Kentucky from achieving the economic recovery its officials and residents have been seeking. Why so many lies and misinformation? Simply because we are in a spiritual battle and the intolerant secularists are so upset with such world-class attraction like the Ark and Creation Museum that publicly proclaim a Christian message. They will resort to whatever tactics they deem necessary to try to malign the attractions. Wow. I mean, it's amazing that in Kentucky, obviously which is known for its... uh, you know, Bible popularity. Right. For them to not think, a place where they don't like the Bible as a whole. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, but they've gone. Other than bourbon, we need something to bring mm. the tourists in. Yeah. Well, what what should we do? Should we should we build a theme park? Should we maybe like a really cool shopping mall or something? So maybe make yeah. some jobs. That's it. We should recreate the bloody ark. Although 
when we did the episode, mm. we were talking about the dimensions of the arc yeah. and how difficult it would be to build it. it, it as, a, as a project, amazing. Yeah. But that it was paid by taxpayers' money to generate business for the area <laughs> or whatever. Shocking. Bizarre. $92 million. First of all, it just shows what a genius builder and contractor Noah was. And it wasn't even his main profession. Show me his budget. But it's taking Ken Ham $92 million, including vast taxpayer subsidies, right, to build something replicating what Noah got done in like a few months with a bit yeah. of wood. Yeah, with a, with a bit of wood and, and his wife, yeah. probably, making the tea. Yeah. Um, so Ken Ham's also blaming uh, reporters in the secular media who don't want to report actual facts. Um, well he's entering some murky ground right there uh, talking about basically accusing people of uh, fake news spreading about the the profit margins um, that don't exist um, I, I'm fascinated that this has turned into a, it's a kind of financial discussion this it's not so much about the, the fact that they've created this amazing thing. <laughs> We're talking about the, the fact that it loses money, which is perhaps indictment of the world that we live in. But, True. I mean, I'm super impressed that they've built something to the specification yeah. of the Bible. I mean, that, and, and, that, and we can't looks, forget that. It looks it phenomenal. Looks it, like, it looks sick. They brought it to life. Mm. You know, incredible. But... Uh, it did... They have got received millions of dollars in incentives from the government... Uh, a 75% property tax break for the course of 30 years, um, a massive road upgrade to the areas around the arc in order to improve traffic flow mm. in towards the arc, um, and then just shit tons of gifts and acres of reduced land, and a $62 million municipal bond issue from Williamstown. So in the Vice article... Um, the person's got the journalist has got a nice picture of uh, you can see the arc kind of most of it and then in the front ground in the foreground is the advertisement for food yeah from pizza wings and more uh, where you can get a slice of cheese pizza for two dollars and fifty cents which I think is pretty good value in you know for a slice yeah, of no pizza. doubt it'll be a big one if it's in I'm America. sure it'll, in Kentucky oh yeah it'll be a big slice of pizza yeah with a picture of two uh, obese people just to the left of the A boards yeah. true and you can get a, a whole pepperoni pizza for $12 I, I mean I'm sold of course Noah wouldn't have been allowed to eat pepperoni pizza when he was in the ark because they didn't eat meat yet yeah that's true and also I mean they would have had to have killed one of his pigs yeah yeah Actually, more expensive than the pizza, um, uh, you can get a a soda cup that you can then come back and get unlimited refills for the entire visit. This eighteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Forgive me, as a British man. Yeah. This is alien to us. This, right. This completely. concept. You get how long are you gonna how 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 much time are you gonna spend at the Ark? A couple uh, of hours. Maybe seven or eight days. I don't know. What do you need a refill cup for? Seven or eight days. Um, how, what could you possibly need a refill? And where are you refilling it? Also, it's a giant cup. Yeah, but they've got stations in the Ark where you're going to be like... Oh, soda what? stations where you can just get it's a bit more Pepsi. You want to know why you're all fat? Because of this nonsense. And also, where do you... Where do you... We... I want to know the facilities in the Ark. So, so the entry ticket and parking costs $61.48. Oh, my God. 
Um, you then get a shuttle bus from the parking lot to the Ark. Okay, well that's kind of dramatic. Uh, I don't yeah. So so this is this is from the Vice article. Um, the Ark, which you first glimpse as the bus crests a hill, uh, which is cool. Suitably dramatic. Um, is genuinely impressive as advertised. It is a very very large replica of Noah's Ark. Good. Um, so we're managing expectations in that respect. But then the person says, beyond the initial, wow, that's big, the arc elicits, it doesn't offer much entertainment value. It's just a large building in a shape that you don't typically see large buildings in. Do you know in London, there's a building as you exit on the A4 that's, mm. that's made to be the shape of Noah's Ark. Really? In, like, near Brentford. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. Is it, it's either Brentford or Hammersmith, one of those areas. It's amazing. It's just a big glass building that's mm. roughly shaped like what you think the arc would look like. Um, and so then you basically queue, you go through a, like a, or it seems like a quite a large queuing area that didn't at the time seem to have that many people in it. But the, at least the people that they depicted are going in two, seemingly two, two by two. two. <laughs> and so then you get through to another queuing area and then it gets to the animal hold, which just has lots of wooden cages. Um, and there's nothing interactive about it. So there's no real animals in there. They originally wanted to have live animals. I think that they, they nixed that plan because it would have been extremely cruel and people wouldn't have actually enjoyed yeah, seeing really depressed animals. Just would have smelled absolute cages. shit. Yeah. And then there's an exhibit on the pre-flood world that has uh, a diorama of some people fighting a dinosaur. I mean, um, I am... Um... I'm perplexed here. The dioramas. First of all, the use of dioramas is something that you just don't get enough these days in this age of, like, virtual reality. Yeah, yeah and phones and, and, phones and stuff. And yeah, videos and stuff. Whatever happened to a good old-fashioned, really average diorama yeah. with effectively repurposed mannequins and and big plastic dinosaurs. Oh, but this geezer at the front with the bald head who's sort of squatting. He's just kind of, I don't know if he's taking a shit or if he's just having a scream. Yeah. But there's no, he's not really doing anything. He's not really doing anything to do with the dinosaur. There's another guy next to him who's actually confronting yeah. the dinosaur in kind of hand-to-hand combat. With and the... then behind them, there's an old man and, and uh, a couple women just kind of crouched down, I guess scared yeah um, by the dinosaur it, 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 it's uh, as bizarre as it sounds uh, and then it's got an exhibit on uh, people and and God and all of that kind of jazz so then they've got there's some fake bedrooms and stuff meant to look like how Noah and his family might have lived which is strange because the Bible didn't mention anything about bedrooms didn't know um, so they've t- so they've taken it to the word but then they've also Used a bit of a lot yeah. of autistic license here. Yeah, I think so. Um, what do you know? Then there's some some movies playing movies on a loop. One is the Noah interview, showing Noah being interviewed about the Ark by a journalist from his local paper. Noah is handsome, level-headed, and nice. The reporter is mean, has a British accent. Mm. And says things like, how long have you been working on this little project? <laughs> While rolling her eyes. Um, then it's got a CGI backdrop. Um, uh, this is just 
I mean, yeah. I really would like to see this video. I'd really like to go and see the art. Yeah, I I think we should try and schedule a field trip for Kentucky at some point. If 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 anyone listening um listening to this episode has been oh, to Noah's art, please send in just uh send in kind of thirty seconds of you talking about yeah. an impression of what it was like and the pictures. The pic- yeah, give us your pictures. Give us. Um, you know how you felt when you finally saw the majesty of Noah's Ark do you know what I think they should have done they, they should have made it like a simulator mm. they should have said right you can go in the ark and we take people and then they made it like a big simulator where you like go in the waves and the smells of the animals and stuff and you know they should have made it more immersive but it's just a bad museum it yeah. looks like a bad yeah that's the problem so then there's another film um, before we move on <laughs> there's another film that they show called As in the Days of Noah, which has a staff member from the Ark Encounter being interviewed by a reporter from a New York tabloid that runs stories with titles like Best Sex Change Surgeons on the East Coast and Start Walking Ladies, Sharia Law Means Male Drivers Only and Hipsters Aren't Cool Anymore. I am totally on the floor. I don't know Ah, what to make of this. ah, ah, So bizarre. Then there's a thing called Why the Bible is True. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. The Bible is unique and unified. Well, we've already established that it is definitely not unified. I, I would love to go just to see these, these, uh, these facts. Uh, featuring a nice bit of Torah, like, written across it, the yeah. Hebrew, because there's nothing that evangelical Christians like more than, like, random bits of Hebrew they can't understand. Um and that looks like fun there's a Christian graphic novel um, and I, I, I want to okay. be really clear about this um, you, you know we have our views and whatever but we're not here to mock people and I would go to this but I, I would 100% I would 100% go I might not enjoy it when I'm there but I, the idea of it I would be like yeah sick I want to see it but it's just the way it's been done I think it's just there's a yeah, I bet the reviews are bad. I bet that's my reviews are bad. It bet they had good trip advisor. Yeah, then. And it was a good experience. Whatever people were like, yeah, yeah, go. fine. And then the the, the fence sitters and other southern states might be like, okay, well let's go for a couple we'll of days. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Shame. a zoo that seems not very impressive. Um, there are some zip lines apparently. There's a lot of anti-LGBTQ uh, kind of propaganda and. And it's called taking back gay the conversion rainbow. events and um, things like that. See, this is all the unnecessary stuff. They could have just had a wicked biblical artifact, uh, telling the story as we know it, make mm. it a bit of fun, leave it at that. But why? Uh, I don't understand why they're the God in, bit in. This is the thing. Yeah. This is the this is the issue with the people that believe in the the God. But they could have just made it great. We could have done this, right? Let's say you and oh, I love the project. We want to see what Noah's Ark looks like. 100%. Show me. Give me a guided tour. What does it do? Make it smell like Noah's Ark. Yeah. Immerse me because it's such a famous story. Mm. But why bring the bullshit? You know what we should do? Yeah. We should build a rival ark. We can, we can I'm sure, find some land in somewhere in Israel. Stick it on the beach. Uh, I bet that the, the Israeli government, the tourism ministry or something, would help subsidise the project. Because, sure. can you, you know, it's one thing to visit a giant replica Noah's Ark in, in Kentucky. 
it's quite another thing to come on your pilgrimage to uh, the Holy Land and also visit Noah's Ark. If you could say to the Israeli government, listen, what does $110 million get you? Let me tell you. You could refurb the whole city. <laughs> It'll be $10 million better than fucking Ken Ham's Ark again. Or... Yeah. We can just do a sick arc on yeah. the beach and not have anyone surfing anymore. That would be great. Yeah. Who would who wouldn't enjoy that? A giant arc in front of the television. Amazing. So please, um, please people, please check this out. Tell us what you think about it. Um tell us what you think about how it looks. Um It does look very impressive to be fair. As a structure, it's a, a feat of design. And if any of our sponsors wish to um Pay for a little trip for Ethan and I to mm. head over to Kentucky. and ha- We will record all sorts of live segments in Noah's Ark. We will definitely go. Uh, okay, Noah's uh, Ark it is. I wonder what else they'll build next. This is the final chapter. This is chapter 14 of Genesis. Yes. Lot's Captivity and Rescue. Dun, dun, dun. Sounds like a book or a film <laughs> in the days of King Amraphel of Shinar King Arioch of Elasa basically there's a bunch oh of kings um, all these joined forces in the valley of Sidim that is the Dead Sea so we know where the Dead Sea is 12 years they had served Chedorlaomer but in the 13th year they rebelled in the 14th year I don't know. And the kings who were with him came and subdued the Rephaim. Um, so, and the Horites and the Zuzim and the Emim um, in Shavei Kiriatayim and El Paran. And they turned back and came to En Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and subdued all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who lived in Chazazon Tamar. Right, so, yeah. If you're lost, don't worry. worry. If you're lost, don't worry. Lots of names of places that we've got no idea where they are, who they are, what they do. Yeah, so, okay. So then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, and some other kings that we don't really care about, joined the battle. Um, Now the valley of Sidon was full of bitumen pits, and as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into them, and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, all the provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, the son of Abram's brother, who lived in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, now he's Abram the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre the Amorite. Um, Abram heard that his nephew had been taken captive. He led forth his trained men, born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan, He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and routed them and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus, all the way to Syria. Then he brought back all the goods and his nephew Lot with his goods. And women. It sounds like it all got a bit Game of Thrones right there. They kidnapped my nephew, we need to go save him. And then they go and save him and they drag people away. So now we've introduced warfare. Yeah, significant which warfare. Which we've never come across before, right. as, I, as I believe. 
Um, and it seems like the kings, there's a bunch of kings. They can't be kings of that many people. Mm. They're probably, they're all like basically little warlords of their own little tribes, yeah. right? Sounds like the United Arab Emirates. Everyone's a prince. Right. And they're all fighting each other and falling into pits. Yeah. And things, things, are, things are getting a little bit biblical. Um, after his return from the defeat of... Uh, I don't know how you say that. And the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is, the king's valley. And King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Wow. And Abram gave him one-tenth of everything. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal thong or anything that is yours, so that you may not say I have made Abram rich. Basically, I don't want to owe you shit. I might be a bad man. I did a top ting, but I've got principles. Right. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, Anna, Eshkol, and Mamre. Wow. Let them take their share. What an honourable dude. Yeah. It's good when you murder people to be honourable about it. Right, because no one likes... No one likes a bad murderer. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so... So Abram... He seems like a bit of a cool dude. He's, you know, he's some... He, they went their own ways... Yeah. He got into a bit of bother. With but some he's gone. He's gone, and, he's gone out and helped his nephew when he didn't need to. Yeah. Um, he's the leader of a good, solid little army. Yeah. Um, and. But also, he, he was right in in his uh, in his prophecy of saying uh, when he went to Egypt that if he had said that this was my wife, that, yeah, um, you know, so he could see her. So he's got a bit of vision, this dude, and I think that God's probably keeping an eye on him. He's like, he's one to watch, this yeah. guy. He's definitely got something about yeah, him. Yeah. Um, right, guys, so let us know what you think about this episode. Um, what yeah, what will was, Abram do next? I think it was it might have been a bit of a rambly one in compared to previous. Yeah, it's, it was quite difficult to uh, navigate that middle section. Between two good, epi- two, between two good chapters, there's always yeah. a boring one. Um, Let's just leave a quick teaser as to what the um, the the beginning of the next episode, which will be Genesis fifteen. Yeah. Um, um, what's it called? It's called God's covenant with Abram. So God is going to be back on the scene. God's back on the scene, and things that you know he before he's made a little bit of a promise to Abram, right? Yeah. But now he's going to start properly making big, big promises, and big I, commitments. I think the thing to consider for next time is that. Whilst Abram's wife is unable to have children, yeah. God, in his promise, said to him, this land is you, will be yours and of your children. And you'll have well many children. So he's made some pretty big statements to Abram. Yeah. So I think that's probably why Abram thinks he's got stuff to play for. Yeah, true. Abram Abram's quite confident. But... S- sort of like your last hope of IVF or something where mm. you know, you're all in. Yeah. And I think that's where Abram's at right now. Right. Okay, God, if you say that's going to happen, then yeah. I'll do what I need to do and I'm going to 
you know, make everything possible to do that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I can relate to Abram right now. Yeah. Um, so, if, if you want to get in touch with us, you can at abominationpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at abominationpodcast. And don't be shy with your views, let us know. Yeah, can handle it. let us know. Cool, have a great week, look after yourselves. Enjoy. Abomination, the Bible podcast, has been brought to you by Schwartz Pizza's Productions. Music by Amit Maimon, recorded in Konstam Studios, aka Karlsgaff, in sunny North Tel Aviv. Bye, 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 b